द नथिंग टू सी हेयर होटल चैप्टर सिक्स स्काईडो वेन आई टोल्ड नैंसी टू बी क्विक आई नेवर इमेजिन आई बी स्क्रीमिंग लाइक अ रैबिड रूस्टर एंड क्लचिंग अ पर्म एज वी फेल हेड फर्स्ट टूवर्ड्स रिसेप्शन बिलो इट्स ऑल अ बिट ऑफ अ ब्लर आफ्टर शी जम्प वी प्लमिटेड लाइक अ ट्वेल्व लिम कॉमेट थ्रू द सेंटर ऑफ द स्पाइरल स्टेकेस and that's about all i can remember oh except for the loud twanging as the strand of web finally caught and we stopped just about the floor i opened one eye and almost burst out crying at the sight of the black and white tiles only centimeters away from my face oh lovely nancy said beaming to herself as if absolutely nothing had happened she put me down then snipped the web with a sharp swish of her arm and stood up smoothing out her apron i haven't made a good string in ages might use that to knit some gloves for the second terrifying leap made me completely forget what i was doing or why we were trying to get downstairs so quickly then i saw mom standing with oof the hotel's ogre handyman handy ogre i suppose on the other side of the big circular entrance hall hello franky oof called waving his enormous green arms and accidentally smashing a vase of flowers that stood on the end of the reception desk mom was gawping at me from behind the desk her eyes were the size of tea cups and she looked like she had just swallowed a wasp nest mom I scrambled to my feet and tried not to be sick or fall back down. My head felt like someone had reached inside and swizzled it up with an egg beater. "Francis, what on earth is going on?" Mum barked. "I hate it when people call me Francis. Mum and Dad only use that name when I'm in trouble. It's their secret weapon." "Well, I'm waiting." I ran round the fountain in the middle of reception and up to the stone desk where she was drumming her fingers angrily. Oof copied her, thudding his fingers down but grinning instead of scowling. "Are you crazy?" mum said. Her face had turned from shocked to furious. "I can't believe you and Nancy were bungee jumping in front of the guests." "Mum, we weren't." Listen, you are in serious trouble, Francis. For a second, I half expected to see steam coming out of Mum's ears. Do you know how dangerous that is? If Granny the Gurgita hadn't been on Dad's side of the family, I would have sworn I could see a bit of her in Mum just then. Um, Mrs. Bannister, Rani, I can explain. Nancy looked ashamed and fiddled with the frilly edge of her apron. "Mum, you got to listen to me." Mum opened her mouth to speak again, but I knew if I let her so awobly, she'd be yelling for hours and I wouldn't be able to get a single word out. "Incoming!" I screamed in her face as loudly as I could. 
My voice echoed round the reception hall and back up the staircase. It was like a thousand Frankies all yelling one after another, and it certainly did the trick. Mum stuttered with surprise, and her forehead wrinkled up. She closed her mouth, opened it, and closed it again. What? She finally said after a few seconds. There's a messenger outside. My heart felt like it was about to play a tune on the inside of my ribcage. A goblin messenger. Open the doors. A messenger? Mum said, jolting to attention. Why didn't you say so? Mum was very proud of the hotel's customer service and would never leave a magical creature outside in such terrible weather. Oof, find Mr. Bannister, said Nancy. He'll want to know about this. Oof, fine, said the ogre, and clomped off towards the kitchen. The reception desk was carved out of stone and had twisty, trollish writing engraved around the edges. It was part of the troll magic that kept the hotel invisible, and in the center of its flat surface were three large keyholes circled by gold symbols of a fish, a snake, and a bumblebee. Sea door or sky door, Mum said, pulling out a large brass key that she wore on a chain around her neck. Sky door, I shouted. I was far too excited to speak normally. With that, Mum pushed the key into the keyhole with the bumblebee symbol and turned it with a loud clunk. Suddenly, the whole of reception sprang into life under our feet. The spirals of black and white floor tiles that circled outward from the fountain started to rotate in different directions, whirring like the gears of a clock. Wee! Nancy cluckled. Doing loops of the room in the opposite direction to me. I feel like I've had a few too many sips of blue bottle brandy. I had to choke back a big laugh as the sofa rattled past with Gladys Potts, the whale poodle, failing about on it. She'd been in human form, chewing an old newspaper, but now she started howling with surprise as her ears turned into curly white puffballs and a pom-pom tail burst through the back of her, of her dress. She quickly changed into full poodle mode and scampered out of the reception hall in the direction of the conservatory. The snake lock opens the front door, and if mum had turned the key with the fish symbol, the fountain in the middle of the room would have slid away to reveal a deep well that leads all the way under the hotel and out to the sea. That door was mostly used by mermaids and sea swell keys on their holidays. The mechanism in the floor began to slow and reception stopped spinning. I looked up and saw the last corner of the ceiling slide away. Ten floors up. Now there was nothing between us on the ground and the storm high above, and the rain started to fall straight down the centre of the great spiral staircase. Can you see anything? Mum yelled over the rain. Nancy put an arm around me, and we both stared upwards, squinting. 
I gripped my toes and hoped the goblin messenger had noticed the sky door clanking open. But through the hole, where the ceiling had been, I could only see night and rain. Until... Boom! Thunder and lightning crashed together. The storm was right overhead. Yes. I'm not seeing something. Close your eyes then. But I'm not seeing something in my eyes. I'm not seeing anything. I can't see something. No. You want to know more about the storm? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The storm was right overhead. The blackness flashed white and I saw the shape of the raven and its rider hurtling down towards us. Squawk! The bird flew through the sky door like a bullet. Its wings were folded flat against the sides, against its sides. And for the second I panicked that it might be out of control. The bird was flying, beak downwards, straight towards the floor. If the goblin rider didn't pull out of this nosedive soon, they'd both be smashed to bits against the tiles. Oh no, mum gasped under her breath. Scrawk, the raven replied as it continued to hurtle down through the center of the staircase. Suddenly, I could understand why mum had been so angry with me and Nancy when me and Nancy had jumped from the staircase. This was terrifying to watch. Nancy screamed and turned away as I clamped my eyes shut and prepared to hear the terrible crunch of raven and goblin bones slamming into the floor. Slamming into the floor. I waited and waited. Waited and waited. Nothing. Nothing. I opened one eye and looked up. There, perched on the outstretched arm of the water witch statue in the middle of the fountain, was the biggest raven I had ever seen. It scraped its talons against the statue's hand and flapped its wings, showering raindrops in all directions. Squawk! The raven was wearing a tiny pair of leather goggles and had a bridle and reins around its beak. On its back was an ornate saddle with dozens of pouches, jars and cloth satchels attached and in the saddle sat a bedraggled, soaking wet goblin. He pulled off his own pair of goggles and patted the raven on the head. And then the perfectorist landing, if I do say so myself, he said in a voice that sounded like old paper being torn. Yeah, Hello, I said. The goblin grinned a wonky grin at me and winked. Hello. End of chapter 6. Tomorrow, we will read chapter... Good night.